it's Coach Tori, and this is Raising Runners. We will be talking about running, mental health, youth sport burnout, specialization in sports, motivation, encouragement, coaching, parenting, sleep, nutrition, really anything that you can think of that we as parents or coaches or just runners can do to help our young athletes. In today's episode, I get to talk with Ann Kirk from Kirk Krav Maga, and we are talking about safety and self-defense. Um, she gives an overview of how they do their classes, um, what they're teaching, kind of overall safety things in general. Um, I will say my motivation for this episode, which we do talk about, was safety for runners in light of recent and continued ongoing safety concerns for people who run, especially on their own. Um, So we do talk about that very briefly, um, but mostly we just talk about generally how to stay safe in various situations. Um, So super informative and I think really beneficial. It was a super fun episode. So enjoy. Let's do All right. So I guess if you want to start by you introducing yourself and then if you want to give us a tiny little explanation of what you do. Great. So my name is Ann Kirk. Um, I'm a movement specialist. That's how I like to look at things. Uh, I started out uh, dancing as an adolescent and then transitioned into more strength training. Um, I'm a doctor. I have my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, And then I started doing this strange thing called Krav Maga. Um, It was awesome. So uh, Krav Maga is an Israeli form of martial arts. So it was originally designed for um, the Israeli military. And it was all based in functional movement patterns. So the geek in me that's like, I love physical therapy is like, oh, functional movement patterns. Yes. Um, So it's very natural and it's based in your natural reaction. Um, But the Israelis are super smart and they're like, okay, we're going to take your natural reaction and we're going to make it better and we're going to make it stronger and we're going to make it more efficient. So Krav Krav Maga literally translates to contact combat. It's that simple. Um, we teach it as a principle-based system at my gym in Westchester. Um, it's addressing the threat. So what's the problem? <laughs> and then you need to stop that problem. <laughs> and then you need to get away from that problem. Um, and teaching it that way allows us to teach all ages. Um, I tell my kids it's a problem-solving martial art. I tell my adults it's a problem-solving martial art. And we get to teach a lot of different demographics um, how to protect themselves because everybody should be able to protect themselves. Uh, so from runners to police officers to four-year-olds, uh, everyone can do Krav Maga because it's, it's based in that simple reactive pattern. And then the more you do it, uh, the more efficient it gets and the better you are at problem solving. Uh, so your brain learns and your body learns um, and you become very confident in that, um, that set of tools that you can learn. 
So I feel like that makes me under, not that I know you that well at all, mm-hmm. but to understand you so much better of like, you come from the PT background and then you're like, how can I make this more functional? I love the functionality of things. So mm-hmm. uh, that's super cool. Um, just to give everybody a little background, how we kind of connected was, um, I mean, it's been probably a month at this point, but there was a kidnapping and, um, death of a runner. So it got everybody in the running community thinking more about safety again, which, you know, is just constantly a prominent thing, but just like Ann mentioned, it's not just runners, it's everybody that needs to be really worried or not necessarily needs to be worried, but can learn and focus on how to better protect themselves. So that's kind of how we connected was just thinking, giving everybody some insight and some more information about how to be safe, especially if you are alone or, you know, just in a situation where you do feel a little more vulnerable. Um, because I already forgot that's the reason I had reached out to you. And I, was yeah. like, I knew that I had an agenda, but what was it? Which is kind of yeah. sad at this point. I already was like, what was my motive? But um, mm-hmm. to go into some more info from you, I guess a natural place to start actually would be talking about like proactive strategies to safety. Does that make sense? Or like, where, I, mean, I guess like, yes. where do you really start? <laughs> I feel like that does. Absolutely. Like- <laughs> I always say that I'll win every fight I can avoid. So I don't want to get in a fight. I don't want to have to go hands-on. And I tell my students all the time, if you're throwing punches, things have gone horribly wrong. Um, You know, when you see professional fighters, all they do for a living is practice fighting (laughs) and their nutrition is on point and they're sleeping well and they're hydrated and they have the best coaches in the world. And they go into a ring and one of them always loses. So when you think about self-defense, you're not tip top. Uh, You're not making decisions anymore. Someone else has started making decisions for you. Um, And you may lose or you may lose less. There's not really a winning scenario when it comes to going hands-on. So I, I tend to focus on how can I avoid the fight? And one of the most important things is listening to your gut. And um, often we, are, we get confused by the signals that are coming at us and we might be anxious or we might be scared and we'll pat that down and be like, no, don't be afraid, it's okay. Or you're just overreacting or um, I'm just really emotional today or, um, you know, I'm judging that person. I shouldn't judge that person. When in reality, you're usually reading a person, which is a lot different than judging. Um, and your, your gut reaction, that fear is in response to, uh, it's always in response to something. So there's an amazing author. His name is Gavin DeBecker. And he wrote a book called The Gift of Fear. And that's my number one recommendation to anyone who's thinking about defending themselves. It's on Audible for those of us who don't have time to sit down and read. That's me. Um, And it talks about how you can listen to your internal warning system when something's a little bit off. And it doesn't necessarily mean, oh my God, someone's coming to get me. I, I, I need to fight or flight. It could just be like, hmm, you know, that person is parked on my street. They don't normally park on my street. That's a new car. I'm going to be aware of that. And I'm going to keep an eye and just know that there's something different. My baseline has changed. Um, you can play games with your kids. Uh, my daughter is 
she just turned 13. Um, but when she was even younger, we would go to restaurants and we would play I Spy. And it, what that does is it allows her to get a baseline. What is around me? Um, is anything around me that's a little bit off? Um, maybe, you know, is there a, a water spilled on the floor next to the exit? Would that, would that be an issue if I needed to leave quickly? Um, is there, you know, a window that's open that I could use? Um, any type of, of scenario like that. And as we get older and, you know, you know, college age or, or adulthood, that changes into, all right, well, I can either take the long way and walk on the well-lit sidewalk, or I can go down the, the dark alley. And intuitively, more often than not, the well-lit driveway or the well-lit sidewalk is, is makes you feel more comfortable. And it's a reason it makes you feel more comfortable. Um, so just because I train in Krav Maga and I, I know how to throw punches, that doesn't mean I, I need to, I can walk down that dark alley without being afraid. Like my senses are so like, whoa, I'm not going to do that. It's not, it's not worth it to me. I'm going to choose to walk that long way. So that's what it means, you know, listening to your gut and your intuition to keep yourself safe. Um, if something feels odd, listen to it, address it. If it's a person, have a conversation about it. Um, and then from there, get more information. And if you were wrong, you apologize. If you weren't wrong, then, you know, high five. <laughs> Good work. My mouse was way too far of the unmute button. I just think, you know, raise it aside. I, I also really like, so I'm very much one of those I wouldn't say anxious, but like, I'm always thinking, always looking. I always have a gut feeling about something. Right. And we're often taught to push that down or you don't need to worry. We're fine. And because oftentimes we are, but you know, it's, it's nice to think that like we can acknowledge that without having to stay and dwell in like an anxiety place too. Mm -hmm. Um, and talking about your daughter, that was really cool because Sometimes when I used to work in residential and we talked about awareness a lot, right? Um, it always seemed hard to teach people to be aware without just being like, you need to be worried. You need to be paying attention. You need to just look at this. You need to, you know, like all those nagging things and like anxiety building instructions. Mm -hmm. I spy, like that's fun. It's low stakes. It's relaxed. It's interactive. Like, you know, like it's all those positive things, but it is making them more aware of what's going on so um that is super cool too so once you get the proactive strategies you know you're that i guess like the next thing is something happens right someone approaches you where you're in an unsafe situation i guess that would be the natural progression from you're being aware but now we're here right absolutely yep so the way we'd like to kind of to tease it out is if you're able to assess the situation, de-escalate, get away, um, remove yourself from the problem, then that's self-protection. You're protecting yourself that way. When, when someone has attacked you or grabbed you or threatened you, um, now you are defending yourself. They're making decisions and you're reacting to it. Uh, so we have, we have an entire curriculum that, uh, you know, has been passed down through the lineage of Krav Maga 
um, that helps address different threats. So we have threats for grabs, someone's pulling you, someone's pushing you, if someone's controlling you, uh, if you're on the ground, uh, if you're against a wall. So we always want to just figure out what that threat is. And then from there, use a technique um, that again is based in your natural reaction to address it. So if someone's hands are around my neck and their thumbs are pressing against my trachea, there is a technique, actually there was a couple techniques to defend those thumbs against my trachea. Cause that's the, that's the threat. Cause if, if my trachea is crushed, then I need life-saving intervention. Um, that is also deadly force because if they crush my trachea, <laughs> it could be a very bad day for me. So the way I can respond, it has to be fast. It has to be explosive. Um, and it has to be effective. Uh, whereas if someone just grabs my wrist, um, if I haul off and punch them in the face, that type of escalation of force may not be necessary. Who knows? Um, but we always talk about, you know, addressing the threat, thumbs against my trachea, I need to get them away. Once that's away, I need to stop that person from threatening me again, because there's nothing that's going to stop them except for me. Um, and so that's where all the combatives come in. So we talk about striking. Um, as a female, I like to discuss how the force of my strikes can affect the structure of the body. Because whether you're six foot eight, 270 pounds, or you're five foot four, 99 pounds, your skeleton works with gravity the same way. Uh, so I talk about cutting down the tree. If I can apply pressure to the front of the hip, the body will bend. If the body bends, then the head will come forward. With the chin up, if I strike the hinge joint of the jaw, then I have a greater chance of creating that concussive force and then ideally creating a knockout punch, which would be awesome because I can run away from someone unconscious. <laughs> that's, that's an easy day for me. Um, so we try not to focus on pain compliance. We try to focus more on how can I affect the structure by creating injuries? Because once I have that injury, I have more time and with time I get more options. Um, so uh, there's, there's a long list of techniques and the more you train, the more you can learn. But at the end of the day, you have to address the threat, attack the attacker and get away. And whatever way you can do that, that's an A plus. <laughs> Now, you didn't mention anything about weapons, and I know some martial arts use weapons. Do you guys teach people how to do anything like that, or is that not part of what you do? Yes, we do talk about weapons. Um, we, we usually start open hand or empty hand uh, because in the heat of the moment, we might not even realize there's a weapon there. So we always treat a, a problem as if there's not a weapon involved. Um, we do a lot of weapon defenses because it, it is a combat art from the military. So we do, an, we do knife defenses. We do edged weapons that are not knives, maybe like glass or a uh, broken bottle, um, axe, which is not very often, but it's in the curriculum. <laughs> um, gun defenses, both pistol and then the long guns. Um, we talk about stick. So uh, there are um, specific techniques, again, in the curriculum that go with that. Uh, but we also kind of emphasize that 
you don't really know how to defend against a weapon until you know what the offense looks like. So uh, we do a lot of offensive knife, not to teach people how to stab other human beings, but so you can understand the intent behind a person who's decided to use a knife to hurt you. That's a very, um, it's a very scary situation. Uh, knife attacks are very close. They're very intimate. Uh, they're very dangerous. And then, you know, we, we talk about uh, firearms and we talk about how, you know, hit ratios, uh, people who, you know, police officers, how, how, you know, they are actually trained to use their firearm and how often when, you know, they're shooting, they're missing the target. Uh, we talk about survival rates. We talk about uh, malfunctions um, so that people understand that, you know, um, it's, if someone puts a gun to your head, it's not the end of the world, right? You still need to keep fighting. Uh, there's many options that can happen. Um, and then with stick, I like to teach stick as an improvised weapon uh, because, you know, people have umbrellas or there's, you know, there are some sticks on the ground or the one thing that's really fun um, when it gets closer to the winter time, the, the stakes that people put in the ground for the plows so they know where the sidewalk is, where the, the landscaping is, um, those things are like, whips <laughs> so just looking around your environment and understanding that if you could grab something that you could strike someone with at a distance with an increased velocity <laughs> better than your hands uh that might set you up for some success um and then with that same idea once you start using it as an offensive weapon you start to realize how hard it is to get that weapon out how hard it is to maintain that weapon when you're fighting. Um, so the weapons really do add a significant level of uh, problem solving uh, and skill. Um, but it's, it's, again, it's all based in the, a functional movement and a, a way of understanding the thought process and um, understanding, you know, the, why certain weapons are used at certain ranges. So there's a lot of a lot of thinking that goes into self-defense um like because everybody you can punch a couple classes you can punch <laughs> but there's so many other things that go into it is all of the thinking is that um i imagine it's a lot of just like practice and you know training your body and your brain to just like muscle memory almost of like this is how you're going to react in this situation because i I mean, I'm sure there's some people who just, you know, really catch on with the mental piece, but I imagine that's pretty hard and takes a lot of time. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so we like to train scenarios. We will talk, we'll warm up with some strikes because it's pretty um, fundamental. Learning how to generate power is a little bit tougher. So that's, that's more of a skill, but, you know, take something hard on you and hit a pad. That's awesome. We practice that to warm up, get our heart rates up. And then um, from there, we'll go into a, a defense. So we'll talk about how to defend choke from the front. Um, once people have kind of moved through those patterns, then we start to say, okay, when would this happen? How would you have let someone walk straight up to you and put their hands around your neck? Think about that. Like what else, what, what else happened? A lot of times, for women, it's a, a domestic violence dispute. 
And it's, you know, you didn't let someone come up and choke you. You were lulled into a sense of comfort and security by someone you trusted. And now that manipulation has turned into physical violence. um, And that's how they got so close to you. Uh, We'll add the stress of, you know, we'll turn the lights off or we'll make them do burpees and then get attacked. So you're elevating the heart rate, you're changing the sensory um, input, and that adds a level of stress that um, the body has to respond to the threat with this level of stress that's um, manufactured, but your, your brain almost doesn't quite understand that it's it's not that adrenaline dump that it would be, um, you know, if you were attacked on the street. Uh, so we try to create stress situations um, in order to get some responses from the body to see, you know, it's, it's not exactly what you think you're going to do, but as long as you do something, yes, <laughs> very, very good. That's, that's all, that, and especially in the beginning, you didn't quit. Awesome. That's all we should ask. That's all we ask of you. Yeah. So I imagine this is like a lifelong thing, much like running, you know, there's certain kinds mm-hmm. of sports that you can just do forever. And I, you kind of mentioned a few times on like the progression and where you would start, but where does someone start who like has no, not no level of fitness? Cause most people have, you know, if they can walk to their mailbox or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, I come in, I've never done anything similar to this. I'm, I'm not a gym person. I'm not a fitness person. You know, like where do, where do you start with that? Cause I imagine you need to have some kind of aerobic base to be doing all of these things too. So, um, <laughs> we just throw people in. <laughs> it's a baptism <laughs> You're of just fire. Your swim, right? <laughs> yep. So we, we really like to emphasize it's not about perfection. Okay. You don't have to do it right because the technique that works for me will not work the same way uh, for, you know, say that 280 pound man, like we'll be able to defend ourselves differently. Um, So every class, there's a new scenario per se. And in whether you've been training, but we have third degree black belts and brand new people all in the same class. And the, the reason we can do that is because as a brand new person, you're just getting used to the fact that someone's putting their hands on you. So that's, um, that's tough, you know, and someone's putting their hands on you, not like, Hey, how are you? But you're really close to that person. Um, you know, they might have your head in a headlock. They might have their hands around your throat. That's, that's sensory overload for some people in and of itself. And that's for them, that's their first class. Understanding that someone can put their hands around your neck and you don't have to freeze. You don't have to stop. You don't have to be um, without any options. We'll provide options and you try it out. You feel how it goes. Then for other people, they're not as inhibited or they've done things, you know, maybe they've taken cardio kickboxing in the past and they, they love that adrenaline dump and they're ready for more. Those people, we can change body types. So like their partners may be the same size to begin with. And then once they get comfortable, then we put them with a larger person and they're like, all right, so we can, we can progress much more quickly. Um, 
or we have, like I said, if we have a, a third degree black belt in a class with maybe three to four new people, uh, we let those new people attack the third degree black belt because bad guys don't take Krav Maga class. They don't know how to attack the right way. <laughs> so it adds a level of like randomness that, okay, well, I'm not going to choke you from the front with my arms bent. I'm going to be at an angle and one hand's going to be a little higher than the other. And when you go to do the defense, I'm going to change my position because I have no idea what you're doing. And they have to figure out from there, oh, okay, this is a different scenario. So with Krav Maga being based in principles, we have such an endless supply of learning that you can have no, no experience whatsoever, or you can be super experienced. And depending on honest, I mean, you have to put into it, you have to think you have to work. Um, but everyone can be in the same class and everyone leaves with something a little bit different. Well, and I was just, so I, my next question was going to be like how mm -hmm. long until someone feels comfortable, but as you're saying that, I'm like, okay, obviously everyone's different. They come in with different, you know, bases already, but also it sounds like you can almost leave your first time and have a new level of comfortability just because someone did put their hands on you that day. You got to attack mm -hmm. someone and see them figure it out and make it work. Right. So I imagine probably leave the first time and be like, I feel not ready to get attacked, but like, I feel better. I feel empowered to, you know, I can mm -hmm. protect myself. Absolutely. It's, it's really giving people the tools and the, I like to say, we give them the space to know that they can do it. So, you know, I put my hands around, my, around your neck. What are you going to do about it? Well, if that's never happened to you before, you have no idea what you're going to do. And, you know, to actually put hands on another person is not something that is natural for a lot of people. So we kind of put them into a black and white scenario. We get rid of all the gray. <laughs> it makes life a lot easier. I'm going to put my hands on you and you are going to do whatever it takes to get my hands off. Period. You have you know, no limitations. Do whatever you need to do. I will protect myself. Go for it. Um, and that type of freedom really is empowering because it's like, all right, no one's judging me. No one's telling me what to do. I, I don't know what I'm doing. So obviously not going to be perfect at it. And I've succeeded. And that's amazing. That's a great feedback loop. Like, oh, I'm scared, but I just succeeded. All right. I'm a little bit more scared and I succeeded again. And, and we joke like, <laughs> in our class, like, all right, I've taught you how to defend choke from the front. Now you're not going to leave here and be like, go ahead, choke me. I don't know how to defend it. And it's, you might have that feeling like, yeah, I could do it. Um, and that's, that again, falls back into that awareness and the proactive feeling like, all right, this is a dicey situation. I would know what to do if something went bad, but I don't want anything to go bad. So I'm still going to go on the other side of the road where it's nice and well lit. But if something were to go down, I wouldn't be the, the softest target in the room. That's um, that, that sense of accomplishment, I think, translates into everything. Um, and Krav is no different. That, that accomplishment gives you confidence. Yeah. So I told you before we started recording that I was going to ask like, what you say to people who 
you know, like, oh, well, this doesn't work in real life. But honestly, I can't even picture somebody after talking with you or seeing it or, you know, hearing anything about the history would think that it doesn't work. But do you, are there ever people who are skeptical? And then like, kind of what is, how do you get them to understand? Or maybe you don't. Yeah. No, it's, we love it. We love when people ask questions <laughs> because that means they're thinking because if you just memorize the technique and the technique fails, what are you going to do? You have to have the mindset like, all right, this technique's going to fail. I'm not going to fail. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, I'm going to teach you this. And I almost guarantee it's not going to work <laughs> when I add stress, almost guarantee. And, and that's fine. Um, we talk about, there's not one way to do it. There's a plethora of ways to do it. And the more you train and, you know, cross training, there are people who do Krav Maga who also do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And if you go to the ground um, in Krav Maga, we don't have a huge um, curriculum for groundwork. It's very simple. Get your feet between yourself and the attacker and get up off the ground. In jujitsu, everything's on the ground. They love the ground. So a jujitsu player, if, they, if gravity kicks in and they fall to the ground, they're going to be like, yeah, <laughs> you're mine now. Like, bad day for you. You picked on the wrong person. Um, so what you bring to the table also kind of adjusts what you would think of the technique. And we love to go to the ground with our jujitsu instructor and be like, all right, so tell us what we're doing wrong. And the jujitsu instructor, because everything that he does is based in groundwork, is able to kind of pick apart little nuances of our groundwork and make it better. So students who question, instructors who, who seek to poke holes, that's, that's one of the best things if you're looking for a school to learn self-defense, that kind of environment and that kind of culture is so important because there's really not set techniques. There's not, we're not in a ring, we're not evenly matched, and there's no ref. So it's always, always good to kind of ask other perspectives and have somebody watch you and be like, mm, nope, that wouldn't work at all. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. So it's very constructive. It's very supportive. And at the end of the day, we're here to make people feel good and feel confident. Um, and ethically, it would be the worst thing in the world for us to stand there and say, this is how you defend yourself. There is no other way. Right. No, that totally makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously people should attend your class and go through <laughs> indefinitely. Right. But um, what are there any like real tiny tips you could just share quickly with the listeners. I don't know. Again, especially because it's like an audio thing. It's not like you can mm -hmm. be like, you would do this, right? Um, like anything. I mean, I feel like you kind of touched on actually even in the beginning talking about Krav Maga, but just a few quick tips on like how we can all be a little safer. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, walk with a purpose. Uh, if you walk down the street and your head is down, um, maybe your head's in your phone or you're worrying about something that had happened before, uh, predators notice that. So they did a study and they had uh, criminals, convicted criminals separated watching video of pedestrians walking. And each criminal picked out the same person that they would attack based on the way that they moved. 
So their gait pattern was a little bit off. Um, they were not looking around. Uh, they were a little bit slower um, and they were distracted. So in general, the, the general public should always have a sense of purpose when they're moving about in their daily life. Head up, looking around, um, absolutely, uh, you know, as many senses as possible. You know, if you're on the phone, you're on the phone. That's okay. Just be a no. <laughs> Just know that you're on the phone um, and you have a couple senses that are off. Um, so that type of awareness of your own being in relationship to what's around you is one of the most important things that you can do. Um, it's, it's a bit unfortunate to say this, but you don't have to be the toughest person in the room. You just can't be the softest person in the room. Bad people are bad people. And the, we could train as long as we wanted to. And that self-care and self-improvement still won't translate to making people with bad intentions good. Um, so we have to not be paranoid and not be anxious, but be aware that there are people out there that have bad intentions and we don't want them to choose us. Wow. I feel like that was kind of a perfect ending, even though like a little heavy, but it felt right. Um, so where can we find you in person and then, um, you know, your website or social media, and then obviously I'll link everything in the notes. Awesome. Thanks. So we are located at, um, the, about the corner of Paoli Pike and Boot Road in Westchester. Uh, so we're in East Goshen. Um, and our, uh, the address is 1548 Paoli Pike. Uh, we have classes for kids. We have four to seven-year-old classes and eight to 12-year-old classes. Um, and then we have our adult Krav Maga program. Um, it's myself and my husband. So it's, it's definitely, it's a family school. All of our instructors are personal friends. I, they were at our wedding. Uh, so it, it's a definite, you know, family feel here. Um, and then you can find us at uh, kirkscrovmaga.com. And then we're on Facebook, uh, Kirk's Martial Arts and Krav Maga. And then Instagram, we are, uh, I think we're Kirk's Krav Maga. <laughs> I think so. I saw it earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you know, we, we travel to schools. Um, I have a couple of events coming up, uh, in October where I go to, um, I go to the Delaware Christian Academy like every year and work with the, um, the students there. And, uh, it's always, you know, we work with the police department. So we're out and about in the community and that's an, an important part for us. Yeah. And just for anybody who's it's Westchester, Pennsylvania. So sorry, New York. You got excited. It's not, it's not you guys. It's Westchester PA. Um, but Anne, thank you so, so much for your time. This was so awesome. Tori, I can't thank you enough for inviting me to speak with you. And I know it was under not so great, uh, circumstances, but, uh, we have to talk about, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about self-defense and, the education that needs to go into keeping everybody safe because we can all do it. We really can. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you. Thanks. I just want to thank Anne so much for her time and her knowledge about safety 
and self-defense. Um, hopefully that was really helpful for people who are looking for safety tips, but also people who are interested in a self-defense or just a workout class, because all of what they're doing sounds really awesome. Um, just for some more updates, we are, um, I guess I would say partnering with the Youth Mental Health Project for some things in the future. So the first thing is they are doing a screening of their film. Um, super cool. It's about the CEO or the founder of their foundation. Um, I'll make sure I find the links to put in there for their website. If not for just the screening to register to see that, it'll be mid-October. We also have an event coming up in May of next year with them, which will be really cool. We are looking for business sponsors. We also have a virtual option. So you do not have to be local to the Chester County PA area to participate. Um, feel free to email me if you would like more information about that. And I'm sure I'll be talking about it a whole bunch. Also starting November 1st, I will be doing virtual coaching, running coaching. Um, so anybody interested in learning more about that. Also send me a message. Um, I will be starting to put links to the website for that on here as well. Um, we're doing one-on-one -on -one, or we, I, this is actually just a me project. Um, I am doing one-on-one -on -one virtual coaching. So that will be, um, a consultation, unlimited text and email with me about your plan, a custom plan. Right now it's going to be through final surge, but eventually there will be a different app we will be using. Um, and all kinds of things just related to your goal. We'll be working on that. Um, and also just plan writing. So um, if you have a specific race you're training for or a goal or just trying to get back into running, um, different options for writing a running plan, which will also be tracked through Final Surge, um, which is free for users. Um, yeah, so we can talk about all that and I'm sure I'll talk about it a whole bunch more. Um, but yeah, so lots of cool things coming up. So make sure you tune back in to hear more about it. Thank you for tuning into Raising Runners, new episodes every Tuesday. And we are always looking to talk to people about running, mental health, or anything along the spectrum that can help our young athletes or just talking to runners or parents and coaches of our young runners as well. Hopefully you find our resources helpful. If you have questions, comments, or anything else, feel free to email me at marikeerunclub at gmail.com.